This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. And I'm Zach Meir. On this week's show... Natalie Campbell, founder of A Very Good Company. If you're working in a company where being professional means dressing a certain way, I think we need to do that, and that's men and women. Yale Selfin, head of macroeconomics at KPMG. Women should go to the profession where they would excel and where they would enjoy yourself, not where there's more women. As we talk about why City AM's Power 100 is all women. Welcome to City AM Unregulated. celebrating what's taken up the best part of my last few weeks, an enduring task but an empowering one. The Power 100 is a list of the most influential women in the square mile. And this morning, City AM hosted a breakfast in London's 1 Lombard Street with a panel discussion moderated by Emma. She was joined by the likes of Jane Ann Gardia, CEO at Virgin Money, who is guest editing the paper on Wednesday. Our guest Natalie Campbell was there and we're also joined in the studio by Yale Selfin from KPMG. Welcome. We started off our Power 100 this morning, as all of us have to, by deciding what to wear. Here's what Jane Angadia, CEO of Virgin Money, had to say about it. There was a guy that used to run my office who's an ex-soldier, and uh, he absolutely judges people by their shoes, right? And one, and one of my, I will say this even though it's podcast, one of my board of directors quite clearly isn't very good at his shoes. And Ross had taken a photograph of this guy's shoes and said to the dodgy director because his shoes are awful. And, uh, of course, the, the reality, I think, is for me, I agree that we should look professional, but I do think substance comes from inside, not from outside. Now, obviously, we've chosen this not because this is a women's topic, but because of the... Uh, high heels debacle that took place last week when a receptionist was sent home from work for not wearing high heels. What I guess I want to know is that for both men and women, is dressing to impress important or should you be dressing to empower yourself? Natalie, I think you have some views on this. Yeah, it's a hard topic um, to to broach without, I guess, sounding trite. Um, on the one hand, when we look at gender inequality and being made to wear any form of clothing, whether that's a, a skirt, high heels, um, lipstick at work, because you are a woman, it, in that context, it's it's not right. It should not be part of company policy. Where I think you should think about what you wear and you should think about how you dress is if you're going for the top job. If you're working in a, in a company where being professional means dressing a certain way, I think we need to do that, and that's men and women. I am someone that loves a good heel. I, gen- I, I have speaker shoes. I have shoes that I wear when I'm on a panel. I have shoes that I wear if I'm going to a specific meeting. And I think it's really difficult to not... When I first sort of read about Heelsgate, I was a bit like, well, just put on the heels. What, what's the problem? And then, it, you know, as you think about it, and she's, she was a receptionist, so she doesn't actually need the heels. But in a client-facing role, you should be dressed to impress. You should be dressed to be bought. Um, I have a retail background. We used to get sent home if we didn't come to work with a full face of makeup on and the right shoes. Um, and that's the background 
I come from and that's carried through with me for the rest of my career so you will never see me not dressed up for an occasion where I am putting myself forward it's part of the sales package and that's the sales package for men and women if a guy turned up to work in a suit and a pair of, a pair of converse and we were going into a corporate client that wouldn't work either or open toe sandals that wouldn't work um, so it's not discriminating against a woman per se but it's dressing appropriately for the environment that you're in especially if it's a sales related environment yeah, you've, you're at KPMG, which is one of the city's largest companies. Um, UBS has some very strict guidelines. I think they have a document that sets out what colour socks people have to wear. Does, does KPMG have anything like that? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so I think it's very important to look professional. I absolutely agree with that. But I think it's also important to feel comfortable because ultimately we're there because of our knowledge and expertise and we're advisors and we're there for long hour days and it's it's a question of a balance really. I mean one of my friends the other day pointed out that ties are just as oppressive as high heels are. Should should we be making men wear ties? Well, I think the uh, men, it's it's a bit different because um, clothes very really are a uniform whereas with women there is that uh, fashion aspect, I think, um, as far as the the heels gate thing, I was actually seething. It's lucky I'm not a woman because uh, I thought it was outrageous. I would have tried, the secretary uh, who was in all the reception that was in, it was who was involved in that. Uh, I would have just said, you know, you can stick you can stick your job. Um, and I'm surprised that other women haven't had the same attitude. The high heels. Um, I spoke to my got a friend who's in in wealth management. She said, yes, um, we're we're instructed to wear uh, high heels. And yes, it's really catering for the middle-aged men who are our clients. Maybe I was unlucky in asking somebody who just told me uh, the truth, but it seems to me that um, you know anything over two inches on a heel uh, is is a leisure uh, garment, not a business garment. And if, you're, if your company is telling you to do that, it's because they're trying to get you to attract a certain kind of client. See, I, I disagree, uh, and, and maybe it's a generational thing, maybe it's an industry thing, but specifically, I, uh, I think that it's about the, the full dress it's about professional dress if you you know for women that want to wear heels and I'm one of those women I'm not wearing those heels specifically for men um, I'm a woman that doesn't particularly like a certain type of flat shoe in the workplace I don't think it's appropriate and they're ballet shoes because for me they're not appropriate work shoes they're not professional shoes so I, and this is why the debate's difficult it's, it's difficult to segment fashion style professional dress from gender discrimination ultimately I'd like to point out that right now rebelliously Zach is not wearing a tie either. <laughs> that's right I'm just wearing my 89 pounds Zara suit my power suit <laughs> uh, now Natalie one thing you came back to time and time again was the phrase badass women let's have a listen and I have this this term badass in, in, in my brain and around me at the moment but I am teaching them to be badass I'm teaching them to be badass through entrepreneurship so what does badass mean? It's just I'm not, I'm not very cool. Right? It's, kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a sensibility of basically taking no bullshit. Right. I mean, this sounds like uh, early 1970s to me and um, Shaft and all that sort of stuff. But um, tell us more, Natalie. What, what, what exactly do you mean by this? Badass, it, it really is a sensibility. And it's, a, uh, as a woman, feeling, or, or a man, because it, it's gender neutral, we all have asses, uh, or asses. It's thinking about your own sense of agency. It's feeling in control of your life and asking, you know, why not? It's not letting anyone dictate how you live, how you think, where you work, the work you do, how much you're paid. 
it's you determining exactly what your life is all about and that's beyond work that's beyond gender that's beyond discrimination it really is an intrinsic sort of thing I try and and teach badassness through entrepreneurship because I think entrepreneurs have managed to grasp that that thing um, that enables them to connect dots break rules see opportunities and and, and recreate the world as it suits them Uh, and when it comes to women specifically if we can support um, women, girls, um, young girls coming through in the education system to think more badass and it's connected to confidence and a whole host of other things then when they get into the workplace or get out into the world I hope they will be able to negotiate and move through in a far more powerful way not even an empowered way because that's someone else giving you power a powerful way. Yeah, do you feel there's a certain amount of badassery that's had to go into your career? Ooh. I think one needs to be focused. I think um, one needs to really go for things. I I wouldn't say that I've always been really that focused and um, ambitious as much as maybe I could have been, but definitely try to go for it and and have fun. I think that's really important. If you enjoy what you're doing and you want to do it, you should just really go for it. And I encourage all women to do that. In your experience, have you found that there's there's kind of a drop-off in ambition as women progress through their careers? I think partially from personal experience, but also from the women I've seen around me, I think there's a point where when you decide to have children, it's actually quite critical because you do have more demands and there's more choices for you and there's more if you like, judgment in terms of where you're spending your time. And it is harder um, then to make a conscious choice to really go for it. What we need to do is think about, again, how how we live our lives, the decisions we make. um, And that goes through to the friends we have around us that support us in our careers, through to the people that we get into relationships with and not 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 for everyone but who who we marry um and if we then have kids it's then thinking about how we set structure and set up our lives to enable us to still do the things that we love and if having a career and having a career where you're on a leadership track is important to you as a man or a woman but more specifically obviously as a woman because there are more barriers it's thinking about how you recreate that and bring your partner on board so that you are in a partnership to to have that life and to have that career so there's there's less judgment it does it really upsets me when I hear friends or or other women that are on leadership pathways talking about the fact that they get up they drop the kids off they go to work they do a full day they pick the kids up they get home and they go through their whole day and all the things they need to do and they talk about work-life balance and the lack of balance and at no point in the story do they mention their husband or wife you know, it's there are two people here if if you're not a single parent or a lone parent. So I think that's where we need to kind of own this, this journey a bit more. What I found very interesting this morning was that I asked the room to put up their hands if they're in favour of quotas and we got two and a half hands. Um, do you think if, if people were more badass, do you think if we had, you know, that, or if women were more badass, we would not need quotas? Do we need quotas? Personally, yeah. I believe if we were more badass and and stopped asking for things and stopped being so nice about things, um, you know, conforming to stereotype, it, we wouldn't need the quotas. I, I really do think there's a movement of women coming through now that have no 
desire to wait for a man to give them a top job. They're going to create it themselves or they're going to push through, recreate, reorganize organizations. And they're realizing it's not just saying, I want this for me specifically. It's about challenging the way the organization works and challenging the organization to be better for the bottom line. You know, also in, in, in a capitalist world, everything comes back to the bottom line. But more and more, I am seeing seeing women doing this and challenging business on their own terms to make the workplace more flexible, um, more understanding of what it needs to do to facilitate it being fit for purpose. And that, that is part of a badass movement, I feel, on, yeah. men and, on the part of men and women. I mean, I was sitting in the, the breakfast today, a room full of um, overachievers, uh, strong people. Why are we overachievers? Um, because you're do, you've done more than I have, <laughs> and I will ever do. So there's uh, so so, so, um, so you got all that. I mean, the, the problem I uh, well, getting back if you if you t- you're, you're asking me about you know overachievers, um, on that stand, I mean, the the problem the problem with all of this for me is that. In order to achieve the same result, you've got to have the badass personality. You've got to be go-getting. You've got to be extra clever, extra the personality of a chat show host. Why does it have to be like that? Why can't you know? Whereas a man, what you know, white middle-aged men get jobs as CEOs without without having any special talents. They're boring. They've got no 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 redeeming features whatsoever. It's still. I mean, that shows to me that we're still in a very unequal playing field. We're still in a manopoly, definitely. And and I, I agree, you have, um, not everyone has, has had to hustle or, or strive or fight as hard to, to, to get to the top, specifically white middle-aged or and older men with elite education. But thinking the world will be like that forever is based on the assumption that business will always operate in the way that it does forever. And if you think about the generations that are coming through and everyone talks about millennials and all this other stuff, People want business to behave in a different way and they're buying from businesses that behave in different ways. It's, it's a slow transition, but it point, is happening. The other point while I remember is that the, the, the structure of business is very much a male... Mm-hmm. It's like being in the, the, in, the, in the ape house of London Zoo. It's a hierarchy. You've got a few, few mm-hmm. uh, leading apes at the top there. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a Thatcher. It's, it's a sort of the, the problem that Thatcher had to have. She had to be more of a man to get to the same uh, position than the other than the than the people she was let's say fighting or trying to climb over isn't the answer in the future that the corporate world will be designed along a more of a partnership line more of a let's say a, a female friendly line or a people friendly line rather than this victorian structure where there's a ceo mm. and there's a chairman and CEO, you know there's that Pe- seems to be the case people friendly i i think it will be the future in the na- in nature of business and it, it, i think it will come about because there are more businesses that are scaling that are becoming you know billion dollar billion pound companies that have that different framework that different way of thinking and there are more companies that exist now that are successful that are FTSE 100 or FTSE 250 companies where ceos are coming in and realizing this isn't the way that we get ahead this isn't the way that we become number one um it will take time but it's happening. So it's a, rather than a hierarchy, you have more of a horizontal or a parallel. Um, you know, people are partners in the company rather than having the people, a few people at the top and mm-hmm. everybody else underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we're in a monopoly? Uh, I mean, I I want to say that um, actually it is tough out there, and it's tough out there not just for women; it's for men as well. And I've seen lots of 
my old colleagues or, or people throughout my professional life that haven't reached as far as they maybe wanted to. And it's, they weren't necessarily women. So it, it is a hard life is generally professional life can be quite tough. And it's those who are more resilient and more ambitious that, that pull through. It is harder potentially for women sometimes, but we do need to recognize that, that this is really the reality of work in, in a lot of different professions. At this time, I, I want to point out that you can listen to this morning's panel in full on the City AM site. The link will be in the description of this podcast. But I want to draw some themes of this morning together. So, Yale, I will put this question to you because you are a mum. Parents, yeses and why nots. Here's a clip of Natalie speaking. Uh, I now sit on the board of the Big Lottery Fund and I'm leaving here to go and speak at an event there. Um, I applied to join the board three times. The first time I got to interview and I was told no. The second time I didn't even get shortlisted. And the third time I was like, these people need me. They don't know it yet, but they really do. And it was over a period of two years, but I was like, you are having me. It's not an option on your side. I've already told myself yes. So I will keep applying. Uh, and on the third time, they took me. So, yeah, you've got a daughter. Are you bringing her up to be as bolshy as that? Absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest contribution that I can make to my daughter is her watching me enjoy my job and actually fulfilling my life professionally. Natalie? I agree wholeheartedly. I think I, I don't have children, but... I, I hope that when I do, the thing that I will give to my children, not just my daughter, but my son, is, is for them to see me loving my life, loving my career, my professional life, but also the time that I spend with them. And that's broader than just gender equality. That is doing something that's meaningful. It's, it's having a job that enables me to change other people's lives, that enables me to be creative, that enables me to experience new things. And again, so this goes back to the changing dynamic of business. And if we focus on really trying to get business to be better, to be a force for good, I think we change things for for multiple more people than we would if we just focus on, on gender equality. I find this really interesting because my mum was a housewife, isn't anymore. But, you know, she really pushed me to have a career. Does it matter what you do? So so I come from a background where my mother worked and my grandmother worked and it really I was very fortunate in the sense that I came from backgrounds that women worked and were actually had professional lives and it was always given that I would go on to university and do things with my life so I think it it was very very fortunate I think I just I would want to say with um, um, my own experience my mother uh, uh, was studying medicine in 1950s Pakistan, going on a sort of horse and cart to the um, the medical school. Um, obviously, her father didn't want her to study anything, and she pushed, you know, against that background. I mean, that's a very heavy thing to do to study medicine. They didn't want you to um, see any male uh, pa patients or students or anything else like that. And so, the, 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 I think I'm lucky that going back a generation, there was gender equality from that culture and then obviously you pass that on to your own kids I've got two two girls and two boys so there's no the, the ideal scenario is that there's no distinction in what you're telling them and so you know I tell them I've told them all uh, you know everything I know and everything I think it took me about an hour uh, so <laughs> it's, the process is complete now and um, I, th I think that's the thing not to sh I mean to, to to both sexes not no distinction I think is the best 
thing. So whose job is it to empower these young women, the, the next people coming up through the ranks? It's, it's our job. Um, I think we can wait for systems, so whether that's uh, education systems or, or, or government or other people to get their heads around this and, and start speaking to young people, or we can go out and, and do it. That's it. As, as women, women leading organisations, working in organisations, bringing colleagues on board, but really thinking about get actively getting involved in schools, in schools local to where you work or, or where you live, and speaking to everyone. Yes, focusing on, on, on girls, especially if you're in an industry or career uh, where there aren't many women, because if they don't know these careers exist and they don't know that women can... Um, have wonderful careers in those industries how do they know what their options are so we need to help them to see that and if we then also have conversations with with boys coming through about the fact that there are amazing powerful women out there it's not going to be a surprise it's not going to be an odd thing to choose a woman to be on your team or a girl to be on your team at school um, and therefore a woman to be on your team when you have a project to lead and that's essentially what 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 we're up against you know if you have if you have a group of boys choosing their team they'll choose other boys and what we really need to get them to do is start seeing the potential of having diverse mixed talent on on their teams and vice versa so yell role models how can we make more of them so i mean i've i've read a study i can't remember exactly which one it was that said that women would look at where they have more chances of being promoted where there's more women and partially that would that would influence the careers that they choose. And I think that's totally wrong because women should go to the profession where they would excel and where they would enjoy themselves, not where there's more women. And there's a huge waste there. And our role really in life is to show them that there are cases of women succeeding in any type of profession or role or, or things that they want to do out there and they should really go for it. Okay, we could keep going like this, but let's hope the Power 100 list makes an, enough of an impact so the conversation carries on. For now, let's wrap this one up. With thanks to Natalie Campbell and Yale Selfin, this has been City AM Unregulated. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or listen on the go with the Audio Boom app. City AM Unregulated is an Audio Boom production.